Yes, don't bury your head in the sand because you will die. And also you won't have any backups. (laughs) (laughs) You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my wood enthusiast, Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? Good, Curtis. How are you doing? I'm glad that you called me a wood enthusiast and not a woodworker, because I actually don't do anything with wood. Because like, like a lot of things about you, this is in the category of stuff you watch on YouTube, but don't actually do, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I just find it so, like, relaxing, interesting to see someone take, like, a piece of raw wood. Or there's a lot of things I watch with metalworking as well, where they just take something and then they build something amazing out of it. And knowing myself, I know that I don't have the skills to do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll just watch someone else do it. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Um, what What I especially enjoy sometimes is the... I'm not going to tell you what I'm building or how I'm building. I'm not even going to have any narration. I'm just going to start cutting some stuff on a table saw. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to have to figure it out. Those are really interesting where I'm trying to figure out what exactly is he making? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I saw a guy that the YouTube channel was, was a, it was, um, it, it was something like six amazing designs that you can make or whatever. And this guy made this, this like folding, like it was a chair. What one was just a folding chair, right? And then the other was a chair that looks really weird as a chair, but totally functional. And then you flip the bottom and it turns the chair into a step stool. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. But again, you're looking at what he's building and you're like, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, look at that. How about that? Yeah, no. So this is this is my new my new obsession is you know I've gotten into woodworking, and um, I have spent too much money this month on woodworking stuff. That's but okay I've, as long as you build things with said tools, it is fine. Yes, I don't want to be like my dad who bought um, the radial arm saw and never pulled it out of the box. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I have at this point technically purchased a router that I haven't used, nor do I have a 100% declared thing as to when I will use it. But I I know I'm going to use it um, because I've watched too many interesting designs that involve a router. Um, well, so. and, and I think that's one of the benefits of the digital age now is you look on YouTube and there are millions and billions of videos out there showing mm-hmm. you as a base, as a beginner, what you could do and walking you through things where it's like, Oh, I thought that was like a highly specialized skill. And you probably do need that specialization when you're doing more of the advanced stuff, but even to get right. started, you don't need a whole lot of things. Right. And what I, what I really like are the people like April Wilkerson, where she has videos she shows you like it's a video of her building the thing and then you can click in the comments and she has the actual plans and and she has a cut plan 
and you know, and here's all the pieces you need to buy. And I've figured out the exact way to cut things from the, the sheets of plywood to minimize waste and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and my, my only challenge with the fact that a lot of the stuff that she does is plywood is I can't fit a sheet of plywood in my Prius. Um, (laughs) so I'm always looking at her. Yeah. I'm always looking to see if I can modify her design so that I, where can I, where can I cut, where can I get, you know, Lowe's to do a, a rip cut? you know, down the middle so that I can fit it. And sometimes her cut plans don't exactly allow that. Mm. Um, so, so that's, that's my only problem. <laughs> so there, there are worse problems to have, I suppose. But, so, um, so here's a question, Curtis, for yeah. you, what are you building next? Uh, well, I've built, I have, I have built a portable table for my miter saw, which I already had. And I built a fold down table for a fold down workbench, right? It, it folds up on, it's like a Murphy bed, but it's a workbench. Oh, nice. Um, and I, what's really funny is I mounted, I, I, I mounted the router table that I bought and my Craig, uh, pocket hole jig to a piece of scrap, uh, plywood. And then I've mounted, I, I created a pocket for that, for that scrap on the, underside of the table so my my router table and craig jig hang sideways most of the time and then when i pull the table down they're actually hanging upside down underneath the table and then when i want to use them i can pull them out and put them on up on top of the table nice so it keeps things out of the way and but to answer your question that was not an answer to your question to answer your question i'm waiting on approval from my hoa so that i can build a shed outdoors that goes over my pool another item that we've discussed is <laughs> the pool. So I'm, I'm, I'm not over my pool. I'm sorry, over my pool pump, also creating an outdoor storage area for stuff. Nice. And do you have pictures and are they available on Twitter? Uh, I'll see if a single yeah. podcast user reaches out to me at WC Preston and wants to see pictures. I, I don't think anybody cares. I think anybody listening to this podcast at this point is like, shut up and get talking about backups. That's what I think. <laughs> um, anyway, so enough, enough about woodworking. You know, I was looking for things that we could talk about today. And before we get started, I'll do our standard disclaimer. Prasanna and I do both work for Druva. This is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. And I was looking for stories to talk about today or, or topics to talk about. And I came across this story, which is really interesting. And it, and it falls into the category of why we back up. So I thought we'd talk about this story and then talk about some other stories. Like, why is it that we do these things? What are scary things that can happen to you? And there's a story from uh, the UK. Uh, it, it says, uh, it's said, oh, it's the police national computer. They were saying the accidental deletion of as many as 400,000 records from a police computer database led to a number of near misses in identifying suspects and serious crimes. I think from what I could see, it's like uh, one thing I see, it's 213,000 offense records, 175,000 arrest records, oh, there and 15,000 person records. Okay. So 15,000 people and then 400,000 or so uh, oh, so it's 400,000 records all in total. Okay, so 213,000 offenses, 175,000 arrests, 
of 15,000 people. That's, that seems yeah. like, a, like does that, does that means like people well, I think have been arrested the, 10 times or? Well, I think no, it's, it's like just, person records are separate than the arrest records. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they're saying that they are aware of a couple of incidences of near misses, uh, which, which near miss means it didn't happen, but it almost happened. They said the PNC is accessed 600 million times a year, uh, this database. So this is things like fingerprints, DNA, vehicles, arrests, prosecutions, all that stuff is in there. I, of course, my first question is, was there a backup? Was, was there a backup of that? <laughs> of course um, there was your first question, Curtis. Uh, and I don't see any anyone who is, is asking that, right? You know, I just... In fact, they say that the people who hold this data, I'm quoting from an article I'm reading from the Daily Mail in the uh-huh. UK, the people who hold data, particularly this kind of data, are under express duties to hold it securely and retain it for no longer than necessary. In which case, they're saying that this is no biggie. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can understand that certain records of certain type are supposed to be kept for a certain period of time. I would think you would keep convictions and people who have been convicted forever, but that's just me. But but I can understand that. And and, and I can understand that. So they're saying there, there was a... They referred to this... It was caused by a weeding system developed by them but that weeding system wrongly erased some records. I was just going to say, they are saying, I know you mentioned earlier, they don't talk about backup. They are mentioning in the article that they are working to recover the data. They just okay. aren't providing any additional information. Oh, they're just not going into that. Okay. So so hopefully this is on a backup somewhere and they're going to be able to restore that data. Um, now, back to your point also about the near misses. Yeah. Um, this was where they had a biometric match and it wasn't uh, matching the offender because it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> oh, so they, so, so they had, like, they had a matching fingerprint, but they didn't know who the fingerprint was that something like that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because um, your data's not there. Now, the other interesting thing about this is this isn't the first time it's happened. This sort of data loss they said that there have been over 4,000 incidences between 2019 and 2020. <laughs> Sorry, not for this particular system, but just in general. Just in general. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which is you kind know, of what bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> Things happen, is. but you figure it that is. there's like a process when you're dealing with sensitive information of this sort and record keeping is paramount. I just have to say, oh, England. <laughs> it's it's nice to have somebody else have some problems for a change. Uh, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of something that happened many years ago when I, uh, I at my very first, uh, well, I, I, technically my second computer job, but at the, the at the place where I cut my backup teeth and, and got started in backups, we <clears throat> had determined, so we, we had like 15,000 active employees, something like that. And obviously, uh, there were a lot of ex-employees. And it was determined one year while I worked there that we hadn't had a process to get rid of home directories in our Unix-based file server from employees that had been terminated. Okay. Right. And so somebody said, we're going to... We did have a process to delete them out of the password file. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have a process to then delete the associated data. home directory. Yep. 
And so, you know, disk space was at a premium. And so a good friend of mine, who is also a listener of the podcast, was a consultant at the time. And she was hired to write a program that would go through the home directory and then find, you know, home one, you know, C Preston, look at, cause it was named by the name of the username. Mm-hmm. Look in the password file. Is there a C Preston? No, there isn't. And then delete said directory. So that had been a project and she finally, she tested it out. Everything was good. She uh, then, uh, you know, fired in anger and it was running. And then a few, <laughs> A little bit later, she called me and she's like, uh, Curtis, uh, how were the backups uh, last night on yeah. HP FSO one? And I looked and I'm like, they're fine. Why? Um, we're going to need to restore some stuff. Oh no. So what happened was the, the program again, found the directory and then looked that directory up in the password file. And if the directory wasn't there, it deleted everything underneath that directory. What she neglected to include in the code was that there actually was for various reasons back in the day, there was a two level directory structure. Home one C Preston would be in home one slash C slash C Preston. Oh no. So she got to home one C or home one a and then and find it and then blew it all and then blew all of the users starting with a and she figured it out somewhere somewhere in the middle of the alphabet oy, oy, oy. and again we have fifteen thousand users so she had deleted a crap ton of users by the time she figured it out uh and we had to restore uh the data so you're Sometime. able to restore it. how long did that restore take if you remember uh, oh well there's a there's an associated story <clears throat> which is we had um, a new backup system and this was actually the first bigger store that I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to use, you know, my first uh, my, you know, to use my backup system, my new backup system. And we ran over there. Uh, we, we, we literally ran to the, to the, um, to the data center where this was happening. And we uh, put in, put in the tape. Because that's what you did back in the day, right? You you went to the server and you put in the tape into the server. I then kicked off the restore, and what I saw was, uh, I you know, for those of you who haven't used tape drives, <laughs> so the tape drive has a little activity light, and the activity light blinks, you know, when there's activity, like when you're reading or writing from the tape. And what I saw was, I kicked off the restore, and then I kicked off a quick uh, while loop you know, a little bash script, a while loop that was doing a DF on the file system to display the, how big the file system was. And I was watching the, I was watching the, um, the, the, that loop and the loop really wasn't changing. <laughs> and I was watching mm. the tape drive and the tape drive was like blink, blink, and then really long pause and then blink, blink, then really long pause and so on and so on and so on. And uh, I quickly called the vendor and I'm like, what the The hell? The backup vendor. The backup vendor. The backup vendor. Yeah, the backup vendor. And the answer that I got was working as designed. And what had happened was we had turned on a feature that was was new to us, which was compression. Mm -hmm. And the way compression worked in this product was they would compress 
again, this is Unixy stuff. They would run a compress minus C command against the, it would compress the file to standard out. And then they would pipe that, the result into their pipe, which they would then put onto tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, um, when restoring, they would restore the compressed file from tape, but they didn't have a way to do that the same way on the way in as they did on the way out. So they would restore the compressed file to temp. Then they would run the uncompressed command on mm-hmm. the compressed file, uncompressing it in temp. Then they would move the file to its place. Meanwhile, the tape drive sitting there waiting and not doing anything, right? It also created a different problem was for, uh, it meant that temp had to be big enough to hold hold a compressed and an uncompressed copy of your biggest file, which also wasn't an assumption that (laughs) you can make. Um, so basically that, yeah. So I, I learned, I learned a very valuable lesson that day, which is test your backups <laughs> because they didn't quite. And so we turned, we turned that feature off like immediately, by the way, luckily another valuable lesson I learned that day was that uh, I had the old backup system still running because the new backup system oh. was at that point, the new backup system. And so you I had my old, trust it. Yeah. I literally, literally. And by the way, I'm not a millennial, so I do know what the word literally means. I literally had the my old dump tapes, which I was still making, in my back pocket, right? Like, I know a lot of people say, I had those in my back pocket. No, I literally had them in my back pocket. I grabbed them on my way out of the data center, and uh, I pulled them out, and I restored the, the file system, no problem. Um, I have no idea how long it took. I just know that it took way longer than it should have. <laughs> As long as they got the data back, that's fine. Yeah, I actually talked to that friend uh, yesterday. Uh, we we, uh, we we speak every once in a while. And I I just talked to her yesterday. So, um, all right. So the the next um, sort so of so wait wait oh sorry yeah, go ahead. So a takeaway there though is users can delete things. Make sure you test out your script before you actually issue the rm-r app <laughs> command. Is that kind yeah. of the big takeaway? Yeah, it's kind of the big takeaway. Well, and the other thing is, you know, make sure you're backing up everything. Make sure you test your backups uh, and test them, you know, in a restore in, a, yeah. in, as, in as close to a production situation as you can. And the cloud makes that way easier these days, right? Yep. Uh, you know, we, we had lots of excuses back in the day. Well, I don't have a you know, three terabyte server, right? Hold the temp plus the uncompressed file. Now, yeah, you- yeah, yeah. In the well-meaning employee messing up category, because <laughs> <laughs> that's both these two stories have both been that, right? Is somebody doing something they thought they Not were malicious. supposed to be doing? Yeah, and 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 then just doing uh, bad things. So I am reminded of the Toy Story story. A Toy Story 2 Two yep. story, right? I think we've talked um, about that before on the podcast. I think, yeah, that's I think a great story. Have, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, if you haven't, if you're curious, uh, there is a video on YouTube called How Toy Story 2 Almost Got Deleted Stories from Pixar Animation. So if you just type in Toy Story 2 Data Loss, the original video that was actually made by Toy Story 2, uh, by Pixar, sorry, uh, is is on there. And what happened was um, somebody meant to 
they, they again they were cleaning up, and again the lesson is don't ever clean up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which the store admins would love you for, by the way. Yeah. So they were cleaning up, and they accidentally deleted all of the animation for Tori Story Two before it was rendered. So I, I actually read the the story behind the story in the book Creativity Inc. And the story behind the story was that they had put everything on the line, the entire company on the line, because they had they, they, Pixar had a history. Uh, they may still have a history of sort of making major changes to stories far along in the process. Mm-hmm. And this was the worst example of it. They were, you know, let's say let's say a movie's ninety like percent done, and then you ninety percent done, and then they're like, you know what, we're scrapping this entire story all the animation and we're going to, you know, start over. And they did that and they did it at a late enough date at the point that they'd already announced a release date and all of that. Mm. They did, they did it at a late enough date that they, um, that they were going to impact the release date of the movie. And so they halted all production on all other movies and, and dedicated 100% of the company to the, um, you know, to this project. And then that's when this happened. Mm. And, um, so could sink the company at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It would, they basically say in the book had this happened and, and not been able to recover, it would have sank the company. Luckily what they had was the, there was a woman that had been on maternal leave and they had set up a replication to her, um, what, what I can only guess is an asynchronous replication, but, to her home system and she had been working from home and she's like, do you think that that is still there? And they went and they found it and they, they brought it back and they recovered it. Right. Because, Oh, because as the story goes, their backups, it turned out their backups were broken. Right. Somebody, somebody deleted all the animation and it turns out their backups were broken because they Um, didn't test the backups. Yeah, exactly. So test your backups. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also don't ever clean up anything. Yeah. I do like that story, though, because it's like something that we can all kind of relate to, right? Where it's like, oh, no, who has the last copy of that data? Oh, no, where'd it go? And I yeah. can just imagine like everyone being in a war room-like situation as if like, should we launch yeah. the nuclear weapons or not, right? It's like that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I, well, I, I can imagine that being an incredibly crappy meeting to be in, right? I can imagine being the guy, you know, that actually deleted the data. Could have been. Could have been a woman. I don't know. I, it's not sexist me. Person. Sorry. It could. I could imagine being the person who deleted all that data, right? And go. I, I was just trying to do the thing. I was just trying to. I was trying to make movie. I was trying to make room for the movie. Sorry. I <laughs> now there's plenty of room on the plus side. We have plenty of storage now. Everybody's like they. They think their job. They think their life is over. They think their company's over. And then this woman just. Raises her hand, like, yep. um, hey, what about the thing with the, you know, <laughs> yeah, that that must have been. I can imagine go, yes, yes, <laughs> yep. you know, let's go, let's go to your house. Yeah, as the story goes in the book, they 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 like they went to her house and they like gingerly packed up her hard drive. <laughs> yeah, her hard drive, like 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 blankets and stuff, and brought them back. You know, uh, that that must have been that must have been someday. Let's talk about a, a, a more modern incident, which is a, a, a bit, a, a, quite a bit different than what we've been talking about so far. And that is 
because and, right and now again, we've been talking about sort of un- yeah. or accidental deletions by user, right? Not on right. purpose, right? Right. So the next, uh, and this is not going to be political. So as soon as I say the word, people are going to say, "Oh, they're going to get political." I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to uh, mention as an example. Yeah. As an example. So I want to talk about what happened to Parler. Right. So if, if for those of you that don't know, uh, Parler was, um, you know, positioning themselves as a, you know, free speech alternative to Facebook. They felt that Facebook was being too um, uh, censoring. censoring. And so they created this alternate site. And then what happened was uh, Amazon, where Parler was hosted, basically shut them down and um, they gave them a couple of days notice and then shut them off. And I, and then they also weren't able to go other places. I, I don't know what the current status of parlor is, but that's not the point. The point is that you, you don't know what can happen to your cloud vendors, yep. right? Um, you, there could be a number of reasons where you might have a very unceremonious um, departure yep. <laughs> from, from a vendor, right? Uh, and it's and it's not the same as back in the day. So I I have fired vendors over the years, mm-hmm. right? I am never going to buy another ABC, right? We are net. Well, I still have an ABC <laughs> in my data center. It's still working, but you're not going right? to buy another one. I'm not going to buy another one. I'm not going to give you another dollar. You guys suck. But my data didn't suddenly cease to exist. If you're using the cloud in any way, you have data in a place that if something contractually or otherwise goes wrong in your relationship to that vendor, they, um, you know, you could have a a real problem, right? Now, Now, to be fair, Amazon AWS only shut down their account and they offered to help them move their data off. Now, of course, depending on how they much did. data, that could take some time. So it's not like you've yeah, lost your data, but you've lost your service, right? So now you have to yeah, either find yeah, a new service, yeah, you have to figure yeah, out how to transfer it, all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't want to make AWS AWS out to be the bad guy here, right? I'm just saying that yeah. that that could have gone differently, right? Yeah. In this case, AWS did offer to help them move their data. I, I'm having another flashback. This is another example of things that can happen. Uh, There was a company called Nervonics back in 2009, 2010, and they were a cloud storage vendor. They were an alternative, right, for some other products. And I think they were meant to be like the high performance um, choice. This is, again, another sort of worst case example of what can happen in the cloud. And that is there were bad business decisions that resulted in them not being able to turn a profit. And then an even worse uh, bad business decision, they announced their departure from the business and gave their customers like three days or something to I get off. I think it's two weeks from what I could oh, tell. Oh, was it two weeks? Okay. I, I, I just, the problem is when you have many petabytes of customers, they had multi-petabyte customers. And, you know, here's a straw. <laughs> Please suck out a couple of petabytes of data. Um, and, you, and you've got two weeks. The, luckily, uh, some companies stepped in and said that they were going to provide bridge funding 
uh, in exchange for something, uh, I'm sure, in order to uh, help people get off quicker. But that's another thing that can happen in a vendor, not just cloud, but a, but service, certainly a service vendor type situation is something can go wrong with that vendor. And then suddenly you're, uh, you know, you're out of luck. Yeah. I think that's less likely with say a, a major cloud vendor, sure. but there are many smaller cloud vendors. You know, you know, the old phrase on the internet, no one knows if you're a dog, you know, that phrase, hey, You've heard that phrase, right? No, I have not. That's a new it's, one. Uh, so basically, it's like you know when when you're on the internet, no, no one, yeah. Oh, that, yeah the yeah. phrase is no one knows if you're a dog. Uh, I didn't make up the phrase, but I, I'm pretty sure it's referring to your attractiveness on the on the <laughs> internet. And um, one of the challenges with the service provider world is it's hard from a from an end user perspective to know, uh, you know, the status of that vendor. Right. Um, you know, on one hand, you have companies that are big and they're clearly making money and all of that kind of stuff. On the other end, you have all these new and interesting products and services, and you don't know if uh, they're making any money and whether or not they will continue to, um, to be exist, around. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, and, and, go ahead. Oh, and, and that's what I was going to say, just kind of leading off that point. And I think that's where it becomes important to make sure that you have a plan just in case what goes wrong and or at least understand and make sure you have a backup that is not on that same service <laughs> yes and you know and and that that is on the list of reasons why we strongly recommend people back up things like microsoft 365 g suite and salesforce not because we think any of those three companies are ever going to go out of business um but again something could go wrong with your relationship uh, and, you know, and maybe, it, maybe it is like the parlor story. Maybe it is a political thing. Maybe you suddenly find out that, uh, you know, y- your favorite storage vendor is donating money to some horrible cause that you cannot have anything to do with. And you decide for political reasons to pull your data out, right? Yeah. H- having a backup of that uh, data, or maybe that maybe the other thing, ha- maybe the opposite happens, which is what happened in Parler's case, right? So they felt that they could not, as a company, have anything to do with Parler, and so they fired them as a as a client, right? Yeah. So that that could happen to you either way. Uh, so basically, long story short, have a backup that is not connected to the vendor in question, because things constantly change. Make sure you're protected. But that brings up an interesting point. I know that. A lot of people talk about keeping backups. Like a lot of cloud providers make it very expensive to take your data out of the cloud. Yes, it does. Or yes, they do. And I guess what what we're saying, though, is make sure that you have a backup that isn't there because at some point you may need to come out of that cloud anyway. Right, right. Uh, and, And it might be unceremonious, right? It might be, it might be, I don't know what the, what a what a better word there. It might be. It might have to happen immediately, or your business could be down, and you might potentially have to close doors if you can't get up and running in a reasonable amount of time. Right, right. So then, in one uh, one other story that uh, is again from my personal experience that actually colored my entire perception of data protection for the for my entire career. No way. I what? Yes. Wow. Um, uh, because it happened literally right after I was hired. Um, 
I was hired in January of 1993. Wow. That's so long ago, Curtis. Uh, That's coming. We're coming up on 30 years. Anyway, I was hired in January of 1993. It was in the middle of January of, of 1993. And then in February of 1993, there was, so uh, I, I, it was a bank, right? I was working for a bank and the mm-hmm. and banks rely on uh, the Cirrus network, C-I-R-R-U-S, right? Which is an ATM network. And there was a freak snowstorm uh, in the latter part of February that took out our, uh, the, the Dallas data center that so Dow uh, Cirrus had two hubs that mm-hmm. were controlling there, you know, and they were geographically dispersed, like really geographically dispersed. Yep. Which is what you would want. Yep. Availability. And uh, there was a freak snowstorm uh, that basically took out the data center in Dallas. Right. Um, this was February 26, 1993. So let me ask you a question, Prasanna. What else happened February 26, 1993? The Oklahoma City bombing? No, but you're close. You're really close. You had the bombing part right. And the building part. (laughs) Just the wrong building. World Trade Center. So this was the first uh, thing that would happen to the World Trade Centers, right? So long before the you know 911 there was the world trade center bombing and a guy drove a van with uh basically what happened similar to what happened with Oklahoma City except it just wasn't as catastrophic and there was a bombing in the basement of the parking garage of the world trade center and um guess where the other part of the Cirrus network was oh no the world trade center Oh, so, so um, basically, the Cirrus network was out for multiple days because the two places where they happen to um, uh, happen, where they happen, where they happen to reside, uh, were taken out simultaneously through two completely unrelated events. And so, I always bring that up when I'm in a um, when I'm in a meeting, and people are like saying, "Well, we need to do A, B, and C," but you know, we would only need that if these two completely unrelated things happen at the same time. Well, guess what right? happened? And and yes, statistically speaking, you're right that the odds of those two things happening at the same time are probably really low, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, right? Uh, just like another thing I, I often state is um, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean nobody's out to get you. <laughs> Um, the, um, and, and so I, I, I guess, I, I guess the lesson here is the worst case scenario is, is unlikely to happen. You still need to prepare for it anyway. You need to have an answer. It, maybe it, maybe it can be a, a worse answer than what you would normally have. You could say, if these two things happen at the same optimized. time, yeah. it, it, you know, it, then, then we're going to be down for a long time, but uh, we still have a backup, right? Uh, I, this is, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to Microsoft 365 and stuff. Like 
you're like, well, we, we, you know, we don't need to back up Microsoft 365 because in order for this to happen, you know, we'd have to have this happen and that happen at the same time. It could happen, has happened. Mm-hmm. Bad things have happened to customers of 365, of G Suite, or which is now called uh, Google Workspace. And uh, that's a much bigger mouthful than G Suite. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Salesforce, bad things have happened to all those customers. And uh, it could be you. It might not be you. But uh, you should have a backup, however not good it is. But Don't bury your head in sand and think that it won't ever happen to you. Is that a, do people bury your head in the sand? Is that a phrase? It's like ostrich. Okay, ostriches don't bury their head in the sand. Haven't you not, or maybe it's just the cartoons that I've seen. It is. It literally is. It is, a, no, it is a very, it's just, sorry, I'm, I'm playing with you. But yeah, it's a thing. It's one of those, um, like, it's a legend. It's a legend. It's, I know that, but it's a phrase. Yeah, they though. don't. It's just, yeah, it is. I know it's a phrase. Yeah. I just, I just think about it as a, as a, um, as a human being, like burying your head in the sound would actually be very deadly. That's <laughs> fine. Yes. Don't bury your head in the sand because you will die. And also you won't have any backups. <laughs> um, <laughs> so back up your data or you will die. That's the lesson of this podcast. I'll tell one other sort of funny story, funny story from back in the day. Uh, one client of mine, their offsite plan, what it was a tape based system and their offsite plan. It was a, and it was a very small organization was that this remote site that was being backed up. They would, um, uh, each day they would eject a, a tape. I think it was an LTO tape. They would eject a tape and then the security guards job was to put that tape in a box, a shipping box, and then ship that the it, like it was in a like one of those plastic holder things. Yeah, I don't know what tapes. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then you put that in a FedEx box and ship it back, and um and then two weeks later, the home office would ship the box from two weeks ago back. Mm-hmm. Okay, an important part of that story is they never opened the box. One day they opened the box and they found out the security guards whose job it was to do that. He wasn't doing that. He was literally shipping an empty box to them every day and just putting the tape back in the truck. (laughs) He wasn't even going in the data center. They found out that like he wasn't even like swiping his card and going into the data center. He literally just had maybe, this. Maybe he thought he's like, why do I need a waste? I'm just getting back the same thing. I'll just save some extra steps. Yeah. No, he got fired. Um, bad, bad security guard. I think that's enough. That's some awesome stories to cover. If there are listeners out there who have stories about accidental deletions or users doing things, reach out or to us. Let us know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll have you on. Have you on. Just like we have, um, you know, other people on. We've had some good stuff that that are that will continue to. We have a couple of episodes that we've recorded that we haven't published yet that, that are going to be going to be good stuff from real life admins. Real life admins. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Persona, for going down scary memory lane. Ah, mm-hmm. anytime. I hope uh, you're not too traumatized, Curtis. I'm. Yeah, it hurts to think about. It. Luckily, it was never me. I, I I'll tell one other story. Um, <laughs> so what happened was uh, some people came to me and said, "Hey, we need to restore this this directory," and it was slash tmp. 
right? Mm-hmm. And um, what had happened was slash TMP was uh, in HPUX slash TMP was in RAM. And when you reboot the server, temp goes away. And these people said, we need to restore this directory. And I said, we don't back up temp. It's temp, right? It's Mm -hmm. like what the name is. It's one of the directories you don't back up. And they said, "Um, but it's really important. What is it? Well, it's this this source code tree that we've been working on with like 75 consultants for the last three months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they had stored their entire source code tree in temp. And that was the only place it was. And we didn't back up temp. And they were saying, you know, somebody's going to get fired. I'm like, not going to be me. We don't back up temp. Yeah. <laughs> it's temp, for God's sakes. That's the other lesson. Don't store anything in temp. It matters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks to the listeners who stuck out with us uh, this far. And um, make sure to subscribe also. And, um, rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And uh, be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spade. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. It'll be completely done Maybe one day